like having an off season in which you're going to do the things that you know during the in season just aren't realistic for training will always give you better results when you're training you'll find out that when you go back into your cycle yes those first few days are really hard but within the first two weeks of going back you're all your numbers are going to improve whether it's a max repetition or, or a running set, or uh, your lung capacity, all these things that we overuse, they will improve because you've, you've given your body a chance to recover. Hey there, I'm Amy Connell. Welcome to Graced Health, the podcast for women who want simple and grace-filled ways to take care of themselves and enjoy a little chocolate. I'm a certified personal trainer and nutrition coach who wants you to know your eating movement and body don't have to be perfect. You just need to be able to do what you're called to do. Three times a year, approximately, I sit down and reevaluate my workout schedule. I typically do this in August when school starts because I do still have kids in high school. I do it in January at the beginning of the year and then also at the beginning of summer. Now, as I've gotten older, I not only pay attention to my strength and cardiovascular training, I also make sure I am intentionally putting in recovery days, not rest days where I just don't do anything, but recovery where I help my body get back to feeling good. If I'm sore, if I'm fatigued, sometimes intentional recovery is just what my body needs. In fact, I'm recording this on a Tuesday, which is is a scheduled recovery day where I actually do my Be Complete program. And yes, I practice what I preach. I do this once a week, recommend that you do too if you have it. And this morning as my son was getting ready to go to school, I said, oh, Tuesdays are my favorite because I often don't have any dots on my calendar. So I get to finish up a bunch of projects or work on them. And I get to have a recovery day. Now, why I feel like I have to have a scheduled recovery day to do this, I don't know. Maybe that means I should schedule in another recovery day because I always just feel so good when I do it. Today, I'm speaking with physical therapist, Dr. Leslie Cargbo. Now, he also goes by Tug, and he has been on the show once before, so I will put that link in the show notes, and we talked about how physical therapy is a path to healing in disguise. It is not a failure. But Tug is a physical therapist. He's a certified sports clinical specialist and trained in the selective functional movement assessment and functional movement screening systems. He opened Research Enhanced Performance Services, also known as REPS, in December 2016 and moved into his amazing new facility in 2022, which is where we recorded this episode. Tug's background includes educating fellow physical therapists in the profession, as well as the former center coordinator of clinical education at Memorial Hermann Sports Medicine Institute. Now, if you're not familiar with that, that's um, that's a really great, well-respected facility for athletes. When Tug is not leading and guiding his team at reps or treating patients in the clinic, he focuses his attention on running, lifting weights, and coaching his two young boys in various recreational sports. 
This conversation, I think you will really appreciate, and I encourage you to think about how you can add intentional recovery into your weekly rhythms. This is airing at the very end of 2022, so I want you to think about how you can incorporate recovery in 2023 if you, too, create new schedules in January. We discuss the difference between rest and recovery, how recovery can actually help you achieve your goals, even if you're like me and your goal is just not to get injured, and different tools and modalities you can use to facilitate recovery. Some of them you can purchase on your own. Some of them have a little bit higher price point, but you might be able to find a facility to help you or, of course, go to reps if you happen to be local. Two notes really quickly. We recorded this on site at the reps rehab and training facility. So the acoustics are not what you normally hear, but I think you'll agree the high content overrides the difference. And then also in the midst of setting everything up and we had cameras going, we had live streams going. I mean, we just had the whole thing going. We were laughing at our engineering skills as people who are not engineers. Um, I forgot to hit the record button on the computer to actually record this episode. So we're just going to jump right in mid introduction of Tug. So sorry about that. But now you can meet Tug. Okay, let's jump in. Sports physical therapist. I'm board certified in sports and rehabilitation. Um, I do healing for people that have had injuries on the field. Uh, our goal is to get you back in the game. That's kind of our, one of our taglines. So uh, we do everything from assessing an injury to kind of giving you a prognosis of how long an injury would take to heal uh, to helping you kind of train or condition your body back into that playing shape that you left off on. Uh, so that's exactly what we do here. We've done, we've done it for several years now, and Reps is one of those companies where I think we differentiate ourselves because we focus on the athlete and we focus on people who are trying to get back to active lifestyles. You've got a lot of really, really good things going here. And so what I think is interesting or what I wanted to focus our conversation on today is this concept of recovery because recovery, we were talking a little bit before we got on, like even as a non-athlete, but as a almost 50 year old woman, like I grew up with, you know, hearing that no days off, um, just, just, you need to have as much sweat at the bottom of wherever you're working out. You need to slam my face against the wall. Like if you're not, if you're not feeling totally fatigued at the end of the workout, it's not worth it. And so recovery is kind of a little bit of a psychological thing to get around. But so the first thing I want you to do before we get in even more is to define recovery. Sure. Uh, Recovery is defined by what your body needs in order for you to return to an optimal level of performance. That specifically means that there are things that happen in your body, whether it's uh, electrolyte balance, muscle energy, muscle activation, muscle uh, contraction, or even um, the ability to kind of return to normal focus because things uh, that you need for hyper-focused activity, whether you're somebody who shoots clay or somebody who uh, is an archer, recovery is part mental as well. So, uh, but to be more specific on the physical level, our bodies go through a, uh, a sense of energy loss during an activity. And so what our muscles need and the proteins in those muscles is time to heal itself so that when you need it to do what it does again, it has plenty of uh, activation in that muscle built back in. I like how you started that with what our body needs. And sometimes our body 
like needs something that we didn't plan for. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I'm thinking specifically of yesterday. I mean, I have, I like, we're recording this on a Thursday on Mondays and Wednesdays and Saturdays. I strength train and Wednesday was a Saturday. Wednesday was yesterday. Yes. It's a strength training day. And I was like, I can't, I can't. I walked a mile. I went in and stretched. That's what my body needed. Yes. Yes. Um, oftentimes, I think people join programs that put them on a routine, which is very good because consistency is how you get the best results. However, there are times when your body does need a moment of refractory. Um, and being able to be in tune with that is super important, uh, only because if you're already leading towards an injury and you're ignoring that, which, like you talked about, we've been taught to fight through pain. We've been taught to, um, you know, have a little discomfort. That's part of the process. When we do those things, then we could be missing the big cues, uh, whether muscles are sh- is strained and ready to tear, or whether it's a, a ligament that's already inflamed and hasn't had enough time to repair. Or in most cases, people get overuse injuries because of tendonitis. Tendonitis is just an overuse of contractile tissue that connects muscle to bone. Mm-hmm. If you don't let that repair happen, you're teaching your body that that inflammation is normal. That inflammation is going to consistently be there until you give it enough time to repair itself. And there are ways to actively and passively repair those tendons. Yeah, and I want to get into that here in a second. But I want to drill down a little bit and talk about the difference between rest and recovery. Because sometimes, like you talk about these programs, you'll see rest day. Or sometimes you'll see recovery day. And it's like, that's kind of a confusing term. So how would you define the difference between the two? Okay. So I'll start with rest. Rest is just kind of defined as let, letting your body do nothing. Okay. Uh, whether it's putting your feet up on the couch and drinking plenty of fluids to, you know, get your electrolytes and your water, uh, your hydration back to normal levels. Rest is more of a passive activity, in my opinion, and what I've read in the research. However, if we're talking recovery. That's more of an active process. Recovery indicates that you're going to do something, but at a lower amplitude or a lower intensity level. Recovery can be uh, something that you use as a tool, like we have up here on these table on this table, or it could be something that you're doing as far as stretching or putting heat on something or ice on something. Those are recovery tools that we use, and it's been used for ages. And it just kind of indicates that you're going to do something to yourself versus rest, where it's just you're letting your body do what it does internally, physiologically, and it needs time for that. Okay, that makes sense. We've got airplanes going over. Yes, we do. That's all right. It's that time. Everybody's got their private jets going up. (laughs) Well, it's a nice day for flying, too, I'm sure. It is. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, you are here, and you are here because injuries happen. Yes. And as much as you can educate people, I know you are. However, these injuries still do happen. So I'm wondering how we can implement and how intentional recovery can help prevent injuries. I mean, I don't want you to go out of a job for sure, but the goal is to have people taking care of themselves and giving themselves what they need. Right. And you will never be out of job because there's always a lot of injuries, (laughs) but you know what I mean? I know know exactly what you mean. There's a myriad of things that come up with people at different times in their life. And we talk about demographics as being, whether it's age-related, uh, male or female, yeah. or uh, activity-dependent, you know? So there are always going to be issues that come up when you are an active individual. It just depends on what activity you choose to do and when that injury or that um, overuse problem comes and it rears its ugly head. What I would say to people is, yes, I'll always have a job, only because there's so much information out there 
And people sometimes ignore that information or people take in too much of that information. So what we try to do is streamline the information and get them the content that's most sufficient or relevant to them. And then let's talk some about the intentional recovery. So when we take the time and get in our head that we've got to do that, this is something that we need to take it down, give our body what it needs, like you talked about, how can that help prevent the injuries? Planning to give yourself time to rest is very important. Planning and recovery days are very important. And this is where it's going to allude to what we need to talk about later on with classes and programs that offer these uh, types of things. Part of your routine needs to be that you know your body's going to reach a a red line level, right? And if that cup flows over with too much, then what happens is that if you are good at ignoring pain, you're going to end up with a stress injury that it, it becomes a negative reinforcement loop. You, you work hard, you expect results, but you end up with an injury that can sometimes cause you not to be able to work out. So what we need to do is make sure that people have an understanding of what a, a proper routine looks like, what active recovery should be, and what rest is. But more importantly, how do you implement that into your specific plan? Because if I have a 10K, 5K, or even a half marathon coming up, I need to be actively working towards that if I want to compete in that that realm. But if I'm just working out for, let's just say, fitness or health, then probably don't need to be running uh, what they call fartless, which is you know it, you know running fast and then taking breaks and running fast. So this intermittent speed training is not something I necessarily need because if I'm not trained properly, I could hurt myself doing those things. Okay, so you talk about a proper routine, and of course, I know for my community. It is, you know, we've all kind of got our own thing that we're doing, which I love, right? There's no one right way to work out. There's a lot of, you know, to do with that. So how, how can you help guide us through figuring out what a proper routine is when it's kind of hard to know, I know, but like, do you have specific guidelines or like how many days a week we should be doing active recovery or? Well, there, you know, it. It's kind of like diet, you know, when you talk to someone who's going to help you with guidelines, when you talk about diet, it's going to be specific to what your goals are. Uh, Once again, there are different intensities and levels in which people want to participate in any activity. There are individuals that are super competitive and they're making a living off of their body being what they're the best at doing. Um, So that person is going to need a different level of active and passive recovery. Uh, They're going to have an in-season a pre-season and an off-season. They need to have these seasons because they're, you cannot go all in all the time. I don't care what sport you play or what activity you choose. Um, but then there's also the people that are maybe uh, more inclined to just signing up for boot camps from time to time. Mm-hmm. That individual might need to realize that maybe I can go for 10 weeks straight with the expectation that once I achieve the weight loss I'm looking for or the composition and body that I'm looking for, then I take four weeks off, but it's active rest, it's active exercise that's getting me ready for the next intense bout, so in, in, intense bout of 10 weeks. Okay. that's Well, that's good to hear too, because again, I mean, this goes, you know, neither, neither of us are psychologists, but there's a lot of psychology behind it all. And this like, oh gosh, I can't take two, I can't have two days off in a row. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so, you know, if you just finished a triathlon, and I know there's people in my community who do triathlons and who do half marathons and some of these things that are long-term planning, yes. a, an intense event, it's okay 
to take more than two days off. Correct. Or more. Correct. <laughs> what you're I mean, I would even suggest two to four weeks. A triathlete is going to obviously train in the water, train on the bike, and train running. So what would I do different that allows my body to not focus on those large movements that my body needs to yeah. complete a tri uh, triathlon is what I'd focus on. That might be some yoga, some stretching. Yeah. That's really good for those athletes. Or I know a lot of triathletes that stay out of the weight room because they think that endurance is coming, is going to best be improved by doing endurance activities. Well, really in your off season, strength training is actually going to make you stronger and have better endurance in your in season. So transitioning to a weight training program in the off season for those six weeks or four to six weeks would be the best thing that I would help a triathlete with. Mm, that's really good. Okay. Let's talk about forms of active recovery. Sure. So you are the expert here, and you've got a lot of toys here. The toys don't stop. <laughs> um, toys and tools. So I'm just going to let you kind of take it over here. And, and what forms of active recovery do you recommend? What kind of toys do we have available here at Reps or sure. that we can have in our home? And well, thank you for bringing that up. And, uh, yes, there are several things that people can do to actively help their body recover. Uh, some of the things that I have on the table here are rolling sticks. So they come in all shapes, forms, and sizes. Uh, they kind of look like pin rollers if you're uh, a baker. <laughs> you, yeah. you might be thinking about rolling some dough with these, but really what we're doing with this is we're kneading the muscle. Mm -hmm. You're flushing byproducts out of the muscle that needs to maybe get back in the bloodstream or in the lymphatic system so it could drain out. And that helps recover faster by letting your muscles replenish sooner. Okay? okay. So when we have tight muscles, sore muscles, that's usually a buildup of lactic acid. Those byproducts have a tendency to stick around longer than we would prefer, especially if you're training several days a week. So these help flush that out. Let me ask you something about those. Sometimes I, uh, like I have one client in particular who consistently has swollen knees. Sure. Um, is that something that would be good to use on an ongoing basis very gently? Or, I mean, I know you, not knowing what the deal is, but. Uh, swollen knees is usually kind of a, a symptom right, of inflammation within the intracapsular space in that knee joint. So what I would say to that person is you probably need something compressive to okay. help squeeze the juice either out or back in, okay. right? That helps knees. So sleeves, uh, recovery boots, those are all very helpful uh, for people that have swollen joints. Of course, Old Faithful uh, cold, cold packs and ice packs, yeah. that helps with inflammation, that helps with swelling. But, you know, there's a big argument right now about using too much cold at cryotherapy. They're saying that if your body's going through an inflammatory cycle, let it complete the inflammatory cycle. Interrupting that process uh, mediates some, certain uh, chemical mediators that normally would heal you. It sends them away. It tells your nervous system and your endocrine system, we don't need these mediators. Stop. And unfortunately, uh, when you do that, yes, you'll feel better because you've numbed the area. Mm -hmm. However, you still have the injury and then you can come up with more uh, more inflammation or chronic inflammation as a result. But, you know, the jury's out on those things. That sounds similar to chatter I've heard about like Tylenol. When you've got a fever because you're sick, taking Tylenol makes you feel better, but it's not letting your body do what it needs to do to fight that okay. off. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. A fever is sending your white blood cells into attack mode. Yeah. Uh, which is allowing your body to find the virus or whatever it is and treat w within. But when you treat with, you know, over-the-counter medications, 
you're shutting your body's immune system down uh, a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So I interrupted you. So we've got the rolling sticks. What Absolutely. else? What else do we have here? Uh, everyone's favorites, the power massagers. These are yeah. uh, the most famous one I think right now on the market is the Theragun. Yeah. This is a uh, generation two model, but they've got these really, really nice sleek looking ones now. They have um, adjusting heads. You have um, uh, attachments that you can change out. Some of them heat up for, for warmth if you need it on the muscle. But the whole percussive uh, vibration science is supposed to be, once again, taking the muscle, whatever it's byproducts in the muscle, and helping flush it out so you can speed up your recovery process. I have a question about that. Is sure. there a time that that is not appropriate to use, the Theragun, percussion gun? There, I mean, there, there are areas in which you're not supposed to use it on your body they don't want you to put it on bony joints joints, right uh nowhere close to anywhere where you have uh, sensitive areas on your body whether it's like um, in between the groin area um uh, around the eyes around the temporal lobe around your brain i mean you would imagine (laughs) that they have to put disclaimers out but (laughs) the reality is um it, it is meant for large muscle groups okay so things like your lower back your hips, your thighs, uh, calf muscles. These are great for areas like that. There's not really a good science out there to tell you when you're supposed to use this uh, or how, how long you're supposed to use it for, but it's like stretching for me. I tell everyone, you know, I could ask you to stretch for a minute. However, if you're still tight after a minute, you probably need to continue to stretch until it feels like whatever you're stretching is loosened up. And it's the same thing with this, is that if the soreness has improved, um, as a result of using it, then you're done using it. Same thing with, um, you know, the foam roller. There's no magic protocol. You you can get on it. You can roll things out and stretch yourself for 10 minutes or 30 minutes. It all depends on what, how sore you are, what you're trying to achieve, and how much time you have. I mean, oftentimes, uh, if I tell somebody who's an avid uh, exerciser or loves to work out more than, and lift weights more than, you know, foam roll, to, to foam roll for 30, time, uh, 30 minutes every couple of days, they're not going to do it because yeah. they'd rather be in the gym. Right. Right. So you just got to figure out where your middle ground is. Right. And and I think that's, I mean, that's a little bit of a side conversation, but I feel like, you know, I was talking with a friend of mine and we were talking about connective tissue and we were talking about pelvic floor health and we were talking about like all issues like, Amy, when do I fit all of this in? And I'm like, I know it's really hard. And the reality is you can't like, you can make a full-time job out of taking care of yourself with active recovery tools and kind of foundational strength, sure. you know, without even doing a, a push-up or a squat. Sure. <laughs> yeah. like, I yeah. mean, there's it could, so it much could take out there. take all yeah. of your fitness time. Yeah. Um, so once again, knowing what your goals are, creating an off-season for yourself, whether, you know, even if you're a, a triathlete or a runner, like having an off-season in which you're going to do the things that you know during the in-season and just aren't realistic for training will always give you better results when you're training. So having that time off, um, whether it's four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks in any given year, uh, I, I tend to see, I have a tendency to tell people have periodization cycles where, you know, for 12 weeks, you're going to be in this set of training and then set yourself uh, four weeks to let your body recover because you'll f- find out that when you go back into your cycle, yes, those first few days are really hard, but within the first two weeks of going back, your all your numbers are going to improve, whether it's a max repetition or, or a running set or uh, your lung capacity, all these things that we overuse, they will improve because you've, you've given your body a chance to recover. Yeah. Yeah. That periodization too. I mean, that's basically, for those of you who aren't, who aren't familiar with that, it's basically doing something for a period of time 
and then changing and doing something different. Um, the best advice I got was from Pete McCall, who's been on the show before, and he was like, when the seasons change, that's when it's time to change your workout. Absolutely. So, you know, even if you're strength training, like do kettlebells instead of dumbbells or barbells instead of dumbbells or, you know, just even changing that modality up can really be helpful. Absolutely. I've got a few clients that, um, you know, between what we do for them and what they do outside of here, um, they do cycling, they do some yoga. Uh, I've got a guy that does um, a lot of kickboxing. Um, And that's actually originally how we met from an injury from that. But in the last two years that we've worked together, He's learned what to do, when to do it, when to back off, when he has a certain thing coming up. Right now, he's on a surfing trip in Costa Rica. So we spent the last six weeks working on his balance and stability so that when he goes out there, he has the stamina to stay on a a surfboard. So that was very specific to the training that he needed. So um, that circles back to specificity of training in that you know what you need for an event or you should. Otherwise, you're just getting signed up for random things by your friends and you should probably learn to say no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. it's the quickest way to get hurt. I mean, you're just kind of falling into things that somebody else wants to do and not necessarily what your body needs. But knowing those things can help you in that in that science of developing a plan for yourself. Yeah, and, and including that recovery in there. Absolutely. Okay, let's finish with some of the other things that sure. you've got here. Um, so when we talk about recovery, uh, active recovery is stretching yourself out. Stretching straps are great. They come in different cloth material. This is more of a canva and it's harder. Mm -hmm. So you can hold your leg up in positions to stretch your hamstrings, your groin, and your IT bands, that kind of stuff. And then they also make the softer, stretchy ones that are the yoga straps, which do the same thing, but they're a little bit easier on on a holding position if you don't have the strong upper body to hold your leg up. Those types of things help you with that. So that's more of an active stretch. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, foam rollers, Getting on top of them, using your body weight as the compressing force can help knead out tendons, muscle, ligament, all kind of soft tissue within the body. The connective tissue needs to be stretched out and the fascia as well. Um, that's what I would kind of focus on when we talk about that. There are more high-tech um, things that people lo- love to use. For instance, um, cupping sets, um, dry needling with electrical stimulation, uh, people use compression boots. Uh, people are now using compression and ice, like cryo cuffs, to help recover whether it's joint swelling that we talked about earlier or tissue damage, right? So that's high-tech stuff that I could show you um, how that works and I could explain the science behind it. But that's when you have to ask yourself, if you're going to invest in one of these devices, which can cost anywhere between hundreds of dollars to thousands of dollars, how often are you using them? If you're going to use it often, yeah, then it's a great investment for you, depending on your training level and your consistency and things like that, versus someone who's just going to need it once every three to four months. Then you probably want to find a center that offers that and just book a session and see if they'll let you get in there on the table and get you treatment that way. Yeah, that's a really good point because it... Some of those things are really expensive and it might just be, and you have all of that here at Reps, right? Yeah. 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 And so is that something that if someone's listening and if they're local, because we've got listeners all over, but is that something that they could come in and say, I just, you know, I feel like I need some recovery stuff. Yeah. We offer that. Um, We have, luckily for us, we're very well situated uh, amongst a lot of different uh, schools. And so we get a lot of young athletes that compete year round in different sports and because of that, their body kind of needs that down cycle. And so when we bring them in here, we do everything from Graston, which is the you know myofascial tools to help break up fascia, 
uh, to cupping, which helps draw toxins out of that muscle, uh, help with that recovery process much faster. Um, of course, we do on our end, it's passive for the client, but we offer sports massage for them. So that's one another means, and most people know what massage is, but that's another means of having an expert or a professional help you kind of relieve some of the stress that you put on your body already. Okay. Yes. All right. That's good to know. That's actually a good segue into our new exciting venture together. <laughs> yes. What Do you want to introduce it? Uh, yes, I would. Uh, so we've talked about how people need to understand when it is to have these rest and recovery periods, but we've talked about using the word prehab. Uh, prehab is kind of like that notion of preventing an injury before it becomes limiting factors for you. In January, we're going to make this a whole thing. Yes. Right? So why don't you explain Tuesdays and Saturdays, and I'll explain Thursdays. Sure. All right. So we were talking about offering three days a week of this rest and recovery process. So these are classes that are going to be 45 to 50 minutes in session, um, where on Tuesdays and Saturdays, my goal is to help you get on a table, stretch things out, maybe even get a hot pack if necessary, uh, increase circulation in the muscles and the length of tissue, but teach you how to contract muscles that are being forgotten in larger groups, especially when you're doing heavier weights or fast moving activity. And then just teaching you how to go home and learn how to stretch your calves, learn how to stretch the fascia underneath your foot because people get plantar fasciitis, learn how to stretch your hips and your lower back if you have a home office and you sit for eight hours a day or even more than that. Those things are necessary for people that do the boot camps, but then transition into an office setting and they have to sit quite a bit throughout the day. That's a real challenge for a lot of people. And especially now, like I have a client who said, I used to be really active. She said she's always worked or she used to work from home or she has been working from home. But pre-COVID, she would say, you know, I would just do some squats or some lunges while I was on a conference call. And then COVID transitioned everybody to video calls and she said I can't do that anymore so even little things like that Absolutely. that she's in an office uh, or she's in an office setting um, that has impacted it and then on Thursdays what I'm going to be doing is pulling in my years of group fitness expertise personal training and have uh, lead a class and yes. that will be all the things that we kind of need to be taking the time to do, but we don't always take the time to do. So that'll include balance movements. It'll include um, what I call mini muscle, which are those smallers, those glute, as I mean, you know what they are, but glute me, glute men. I mean, all of these little smaller muscles, the sm muscles along the side of our, um, along our spine. We'll be doing some lengthening. So we do some stretching as well. We'll do transverse movements, which are important because it gets our body moving in a lot of different ways. Sure. Uh, what other than what we might be doing on a normal in our normal routines in our normal basis and then uh, also just some mobile I call it mobility which as my pastor said one time he was like yeah mobility doesn't sound very exciting <laughs> <laughs> so like, I don't know what to call it dude range of motion I guess but that moving again moving our bodies in a lot of different ways so sure. we will have that class that will be a complement to what we're doing on Tuesdays and Saturdays so yes. that way Hopefully, if you come all three times, you're going to feel really good and you're going to be, you're going to have that active recovery and get your body so that it's doing what you want it to be doing. Sure. Um, I, I've often told people, you know, if you haven't worked out in a long time and you are interested in signing up for something, this is going to be good for you yeah. only because it, it could lead into the next physical activity that you want to sign up for, whether it's a bigger class like a boot camp or a spin class or something like that. 
going from zero to 100 is not a good idea. That's why they have the couch, couch to 5K programs for people that have not run in a long time. It progressively allows you to start walking, jogging, and then doing a combination of those two activities. So my suggestion always is find a low impact program that can lead you into kind of a, a buildup. It's prehab is what it is, yeah. right? Yeah. And that way we don't show up in February injured because yes. people have gone from zero to a hundred. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Hey, real quickly, I wanted to take a minute and make sure you knew how to access some of the tools and services Tug and I talked about. If you're interested in any of the recovery tools, I will have those on my website show notes. So in the show notes here, click the link. I'll, it'll take you to the website and I will have all of those tools available for you to check out. If you're local and interested in recovery therapy at reps, head to repspt, that's R-E-P-S-P-T dot com and click on services and then recovery to learn more. And of course, you can purchase my signature program, Be Complete at gracedhealth.com slash the letter B dash complete. And that link will be in the show notes as well. You can do it every Tuesday like I do or any other day that works for you. All right, let's finish out with tag. All right. So I'm going to finish with this one last question that I like to ask my guests. You know, we've covered a lot about recovery and rest and all of that kind of stuff. Um, what is the one simple thing you would like people to remember about our time today? It can be big. It can be small. Okay. Um, we talk about a lot of things. You're right. And active and passive recovery or rest is uh, the passive version of it. But the thing I don't think I've touched on just yet is recovery could be anything from nutrition and diet to eating something that is not as inflammatory and giving your body plenty of nutrients and um, uh, energy that it needs to cutting back on caffeine and sugar. Um, these types of things are somewhat acidic to your body and have the tendency to make you feel good for three seconds, but then you crash, right? So that's not good for recovery, but um, always having something to drink that's water um, to keep you hydrated. Those are all great forms of recovery that uh, I think sometimes can get neglected. You know, when you're a busy individual and you just want to get that training session in, you can skip that step. Those are the easy things. The more complicated things are knowing when, okay, I've I'm trying to get a PR for my next 5K, but I know that every time I train longer than six weeks, I end up with an injury. Well, don't train longer than six weeks. You know, <laughs> don't overcomplicate things. You're, you're going to get faster, not by running. You're going to get faster by letting your body recover. Oh, that's good. That's powerful. All right. That is all for today. Go out there and have a great day.